Yins guys, thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today's June 13th, 2021. Well, it's the dog days of summer already here in June. What else is there to say? Another chapter in the Mitch Keller saga. Let's get into that. Let's go Bucks. What's up, Jake? How we doing, boss? <laughs> <laughs> well, 0-6 this week. Yeah, it's a rough week. I didn't think we played terrible all week. I just, we couldn't get it done. I just feel like it's still more bad starting pitching. Yeah. I just feel like that's the biggest part right now. It's ugly. It's seven straight now. Mm-hmm. And... And I just get that time. I just get that time right now where I feel like when when does it end, and how does it end? Yeah, yeah. And I just don't uh, know that it ends with these guys. Yeah, I, I heard. Uh, uh, I wish I would have looked this up right beforehand, but I didn't. I was I was watching the game the other day, and they were saying that the Pirates starters have only got into the sixth inning like 12, 12 or thirteen times this year. Like as a staff, and like the Dodgers have done it like fifty sometimes. That's outrageous. It's unbelievable. There's the, I mean, those numbers aren't aren't exact, but I know it was it was absurd. Yeah, but uh, the starting pitching just has to get has to get us deeper into games because what's happening is is our really good bullpen is getting overused. Yeah, and they're going to – I mean, we've already seen some of the struggle come in there, but mm-hmm. that's going to continue. And it, it is. You're right. It's overused. Sitting at 19 – yeah, sitting at 19. Sitting at 23 and 41. That's how you make yourself feel better about it. Start off with a lower number and then get to say a higher number. <laughs> a 359 winning percentage. <sighs> now, it's still not Arizona. No. Still not Baltimore, but it's close. Baltimore's at 22 wins and just a little bit worse than the Rangers. So still in that bottom five, getting another in the seller, getting another draft pick. Like that's what we need. I mean, they don't hurt, but that's not, you know what I mean? Yeah. You got just as good of a chance hitting on the 13th pick as you do on the first. Yeah. Anymore. This ain't football. Yep. Anyway, just to be fair, this was a rough week going into it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You yeah. got the Dodgers coming in. Not only are the Dodgers a powerhouse, but they need wins. So they're yeah. fighting. It's not mm-hmm. They're not on cruise control yet. They're fighting. They're not in first. You know what I mean? Right. So when you got a Dodger team who's sitting... I think they were in second when they came to town. They're in second right now. I'm pretty sure they were, they were still ahead of the Padres. The Giants aren't going away, man. They're putting the pressure on. I mean, it's still early when I, it comes to not, that. Yeah, I'm still not bought in. I I get it. I'm not either. I, I mean, they certainly don't have. It's going to be the Dodgers in the end, and it's mm-hmm. probably going to be the Padres right behind them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The Padres still have guys they could pull up to help. Yeah, and and the Padres still have guys who aren't playing to their potential. You got. Uh, Blake Snell's pitching to like a 4-4 ERA. He just hasn't been pitching all that well this year. He Call me cynical, still... not surprised. Call me cynical, not surprised. That's fine. There's a reason why a Tampa any. didn't let him face the lineup the third time around. Agreed. I I mean, he had a great year, and he could have a great year again. The talent's there. Mm-hmm. He just, he's looked better in recent years because of the way that they said, no, we're going to, we're going to make sure that we pitch you to your best. 
to make you yeah. look better, not just to make you look better, but to give us a better chance to win. Mm-hmm. He's trying to go deeper. I mean, I know that whole World Series thing, 10 times out of 10, I leave him in that game. Yeah. But they have a plan and they have a reason for it. This is why, this is why we can talk about whatever we want right here. But we're not in the clubhouse. We're not right. at practice. We're not, you know what I mean? Like, we don't know. Mm-hmm. We don't know anything. We're not in the coaches' meetings. Those guys are the ones that know exactly what needs to happen. They've had conversations with people. They've had, they get to see this guy day in and day out doing his yeah. work. Why is this guy in the lineup today? I don't know. Did you watch his batting practice? Have you been in the video <laughs> room with him? Like, they must be seeing something. They're not just yeah. going out there saying, what do you think? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but these guys, they have a little more intel than that. It's not a little bit. I not mean, a little yeah. weekend warrior church league stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> They're actually with these guys. Yeah. Uh, that's, yeah. Anyway, Dodgers came to town. I actually got to go to the game Tuesday. Uh, good time. I love the stadium. Every time I get to go, there's like at least one or two moments where you just stop and just look around. Just look around. We had an opportunity to take somebody who has never been. And it's weird because every time they say they like it, it almost feels like you just walked somebody through your house. And when they say you like it, you get this like sense of pride, I guess. You know yeah. what I mean? For lack of a better word. And so like, you know, when they were impressed with it, we were like, yeah, that's cool. We got them. <laughs> you know, we got another one. <laughs> it's yeah. like, of course they are, but it still makes you feel good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know why. I have nothing to do with the stadium. <laughs> but anyway um you mean you weren't one of the architects yeah right <laughs> uh you, you just get to go over all the little things too you know what i mean yeah but um it was a good game all in all i mean key brian hayes first inning home oh never mind <laughs> <laughs> missed first base oops oops and we're sitting there at the game we're thinking like dude i think it was gone and they're showing the replays and it's like it's gone and it hits the foul pole like Oh, wait, he missed first. <laughs> Dang. So, I mean, that was it. And he totally missed first. And yeah. you watch the replay, and he's looking at the ball and just runs right beside it. What are you going to do? He'll never do it again. No, no. You know no. what I mean? Like, that's where yeah. this is at. He'll never do it again. Right. I, I think the thing that bums me out the most about it, I mean, because cause when you're at the stadium and you're not like somebody who's there every day, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We still got to celebrate a key Brian Hayes home run. It didn't count, <laughs> but we got to celebrate it and it was a good time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but but then it's taken away and you're just like, oh, it's that's, you know, that's a bummer. But it was even more of a bummer for him because he's facing Walker Bueller, gave up two hits that night. Could have been three had he just missed second base or third base or home. Because then at least he gets credit for the knock. Like if you yeah. miss second base and they throw you out, you still get credit for a single. Right. So I know this with 100% certainty because on the same exact day, Key Brian Hayes is MLB's ninth overall prospect in all the league. The seventh overall prospect, Bobby Witt Jr. for the for the Royals, missed home on a home run that he hit over. And a little bit of a different situation. Key Brian Hayes knocked it down the line. He was staring at the ball when he rounded first, just happened to miss first, thought he hit it, so he just kept going. Why would you turn around if you thought that you hit the base? That's the yeah, thing. He wasn't. Like, he was looking to see if it was going to get out. Yeah, I mean that. And then when it came he back, was he, yeah, exactly. So that the whole thing about this was not a bonehead move, like compared to the Will Craig thing. Mm-hmm. This isn't a bonehead move. And everybody, why didn't he just go back and touch first? Because he thought he hit it. End of story. If you thought you right. hit it. It's Why not, you it's not like back? somebody who doesn't know the rules or anything like that. You know what I mean? This was just, right. he missed it, but he thought he hit it. So shame on you for thinking you hit it and not looking and making sure. However, in his mind, he was sure he hit it. Yeah. So why would you go back? Next time I go and I rip a double and I touch first base, I'm not going to even think like, oh, wait, did I? Should I go back and get a single instead? <laughs> I mean, like in his mind... I mean, in his situation, it was right. a home run no matter what. But anyway, Bobby Witt just does a little shuffle when he gets to home, jumps right over for right over home. And the thing that gets me about that one is he even looked back. He looked back at home like, did I? Okay, whatever. And then they called him out, but he still gets credit for a triple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But yeah, if Key did this in AAA, nobody would be talking about it. Right. It's just one of those things. It didn't make a difference in the game. We lost by two, not by one. So whatever. It would have been nice to get to Walker Bueller there. But the thing is, is it wasn't going to change Bueller's game. Like he's not going to care about that. Right. You know what I mean? So Bueller's awesome. Yeah, he's a stud. And and even through that at bat, uh, I, I believe all the way into Reynolds at bat, every pitch was 96 exactly. I remember saying at one point, I was like, every single pitch has been 96. <laughs> like, you talk about consistency. Yeah. Nah, he's awesome. Uh, that's why he hasn't lost a game since September of 2019. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Must be nice. <laughs> and that's the thing. I mean, he's he's just... The Dodgers drafted him, right? You know what I mean? I believe so, yeah. Like, this isn't even a, a Trevor Bauer situation where you're where you're saying, yeah, but the Dodgers, they just go out and get whoever they want. No, no. He was a round one pick out of Vanderbilt. Let's do that. Let's do a round one pick out of Vanderbilt. <laughs> Pay attention. Walker Bueller, Jack Leiter, kind of got the same build. Let's do it. Quit talking about hype. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Talk for another Careful day. Careful now. Yeah. Yep. Talk for another day. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I would say like not a tough loss. Like I just felt like it was a good game, and it you know they came out on top. Brubaker was good. Uh, could have uh, could have been better. Polanco misplays the ball in right field. I, I think the guy's gonna score anyway, so I'm not sure. I I was listening to the radio on my way out of town, and. I think it was Zangrilli, man. He was just tearing him down. He was blaming Polanco for the play, which uh, Lux was getting a double regardless because the ball was in the gap and he was booking it. So he was there as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But because he misplays it, he gets a triple. I think if he's on second, he still ends up scoring the way that the rest of the inning played out. Because the very next guy, Pollock, hits the one that that Reynolds dives for in left center. He's going to score on that, regardless of whether he's a second or third. Right. And then Reynolds dives at the one in the other gap that Betts hit. Yeah. So even then, Pollock is going to score on that. The only case he had was that Brubaker was frustrated about the play that Polanco made. Because in your mind, as a competitor, you're thinking, if he's going to go for second, we have a chance to throw him out. Yeah. But even if that's right, Brubaker, that's on you, man. Right. You can't get... You can't let... You can't let that dictate it. 100%. That's yeah. on you. So I, I take it off of, of Polanco. The play looked bad. Polanco looked bad. I've, I'm not even lost on the idea that if the guy's frustrated and, and he just says, we need to just let Polanco go and eat the salary, he makes good points. And it is what it is. And if they did just say, Polanco, you're, you're gone. We'll pay you. But nobody, and he's right about this, there is not one team who will say, I'll take Polanco and actually give you something for him. It's not going right. to happen. No. He's playing for us. Not. We're buying him out next year. That's it. Because yeah. another team doesn't want that buyout either. Right. So unless we're going to pay for the buyout, you know what I mean? Like, it's... We're going to be sending money. We're going to be, I say, well, and so his case was let him go, pay him, forget it. And maybe you don't have the buyout next year if you let him go this year. I don't really know how that works. Either way, we can't afford to. Who are we going to play? Right. Nobody's knocking the door down. Mm -mm. He's a filler and he's a good guy. I mean, the guys like him. So I think that goes somewhere to say, sure, he's, he's not doing well, but. Who are you going to play out there? And right. you and you could you can name a bunch of guys, but the problem is as soon as you put say Philip Evans out there every day, then now you have to fill his shoes, mm-hmm. or or whoever you know what I mean. You're just you're just creating more of the same thing, right? So he's a body. He might win you a couple games this year with a big home run, or you know he's already hit a sack fly walk off, and you know what I mean, like. Mm-hmm. I understand he's not what we thought he was going to be. That's fine. But right now, in the state that the Pirates are in, 23 and or you know whatever it is, what why not? Right. And you certainly aren't going to bring somebody up who's not ready. 
No, you're not going to rush anybody. You know what I mean? It's just not worth it. No. If we can keep Kai Tom on the roster, we certainly can keep Gregory Polanco on the roster. <laughs> He's hitting about 50 points higher or more. So, anyway, I, I it was a good game. I, you know, plays like that, it's probably part of the – it's part of who we are right now. Uh, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, these are the types of things that are going to set us apart. And when you're playing the Dodgers, it's they're going to take advantage of it. Every time. Every time. So then we go into Wednesday, and Anderson has a good start on the mound. Just gives up two runs in six innings. Bullpen's shut down after that. But those two runs were two solo homers to Turner. That He's still... Yeah. I can't believe it took him so long to re-sign him. I, I know, that was weird. But anyway... Pujols goes two for four. Another weird situation. Uh, but Tony Gonsolin makes his first start of the season. And I, I feel like if there's a storyline in this game, it was the fact that Gonsolin didn't get out of the second inning. He walks five guys, 36 pitches in the first inning. He ends with 66 pitches. 33 yeah. of them strikes, 33 of them balls. And we got one run out of it. Yeah. That's the stuff. That can't happen. You know what I mean? You you had a guy right there. Yeah. And our only run was a single in that inning by Gregory Polanco. We just talked about him. Mm-hmm. But he just absolutely hit a laser, and Pujols reached up for it, and it tipped off his glove. And Reynolds, rounded third, came home, and Chris Taylor fielded it, who was playing second, threw it into home, and the ball beat him. And he just slides and stops yeah. at the corner of it, and the, the tag wasn't there. Like, he was safe. But he probably yeah. should have been out. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, that was the 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 uh, the catcher. The way he fell, he couldn't reach. Yeah. Like, he was trying to tag behind him. Yeah, he put the glove down just, at, like, the middle of the plate. Yeah. Like, because he was re- trying to reach around his leg. Because he kind of put his leg, fell with his knee, and he was trying to tag around his own knee instead of just getting the glove down, which I get it. Like you're trying to make sure you secure the ball, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I, it was weird. But Turner, I mean, it, it is it. So just to defend Anderson for a minute, the home run, the second home run that Turner hit, he put his head down. He was like, and he said afterwards, he's like, yeah, I, I saw him on MLB Network. I thought I flew out. <laughs> what? Yeah, I, I thought I flew out. And they talked about it on the broadcast. They were like, dude, this, that PNC Park in left field is so hard to hit home run except for that spot. Yeah. And Kai Tom goes flying through the air trying to make an unbelievable catch. It That wasn't going to happen, but it was a great effort. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the write up for the game said the homer had an expected batting average of .080. <laughs> expected batting average. I mean, basically, he's going to fly out or, you know, he flew out and it went over. Yeah. And that was the difference yeah. in the game. So, you say that just to say, unlucky. You know what I mean? It, that's yeah. that's one of the things that makes baseball great. I mean, every field's different. Mm-hmm. That's a home run in a couple ballparks. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, good job, Anderson. We've seen this from him. He, he's had these kind of starts, these good starts. We just can't we can't let a starter who doesn't get out of the second inning off the hook. Right. You got to eat that up. It, it just kills me. Like, this is what is going to make watching a team like this all year more difficult. Because when yeah. the pitcher actually throws a good game, we score one run. Yeah, and our starter threw a good game that game, and theirs did not. Right. That yeah, you're right. And it's it, not that he was bested. Like Brubaker and 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 Bueller, Brubaker wasn't bad. You know what I mean? He gets through he doesn't get out of the fifth, but because of the whole situation that happened, and maybe it did bother him. But either way, he was going good up to that point. Yeah. He didn't walk anybody, had six strikeouts against a really hard team. Mm-hmm. And and Bueller was just seven innings and only struck out two. Like, even our offense in that game did a good job of saying, no, we're going to shorten up and try to get guys on. Now, granted, we only got two hits off of him, but he wasn't he wasn't mowing them down. Right. We were putting the ball in the play. In play. Right. So, anyway, 
Thursday, the sweep by the Dodgers, and Mitch Keller started that game, did not get out of the third inning. Five hits, four runs, three walks, three strikeouts. Rough. Uh, Another rough outing. Yeah. That one hurt the most. 72 pitches. 72 pitches did not get out of the third inning. So... We'll get back there. Uh, Urias was really good for them. Six innings, three runs, five strikeouts. He didn't walk anyone. He was good. Their bullpen came in, and it ended after, well, technically after, it's kind of weird. It ended after eight or seven and a half, right? Or did it Or did it stop in the middle of the eighth inning? Like, did we even start? We started the eighth inning. Yeah, they hit in the eighth, and then we didn't. Did they? Did they even finish the inning? I don't even think we finished the inning. We finished the. I don't know. I don't even think we finished the. Dodgers Actually, I'm looking. No, I'm. I'm looking at the. Uh, Crick got one out in the eighth. So here's here's my, and and somebody can message me and tell me if I'm absurd or whatever. But I always thought that if they called that game, that it goes back to the last full inning played. And they got credit for six runs, and they had scored one run in that eighth inning. Yeah, like I, I thought I, I thought it that. should be five know. three. I yeah, I don't know. That would be kind of crappy if it was. I'd want it. You know what I mean? I get I it. I was. I just always thought if you were in the middle of an inning, and then you say, "Hey, th- this game's over," that it goes back to the last full inning played. But mm. again, could be like a little league rule that because it's never really happened. Right. To me since then, you know, but I haven't seen it. That is weird that it happens in, in general. I mean, you're only three runs down. Yeah. I'd want to finish that game. You know what I mean? Right. I guess in this case, uh, the, the Padres and the Giants would want us to finish that game. I'm sure. Once again, it comes back to what does it matter for us? Right. I don't care if it's a win or a loss. If we're competing for a spot in the playoffs, then maybe. But we're, we're not going to be, so it right. really doesn't matter. But we lose 6-3 anyway, and uh, we're going to talk about Mitch Keller here in a little bit. So then we go to Milwaukee, which usually means this isn't going to go well, but coming off of a sweep, you're thinking, well, we got to bounce back in some way. So we don't. Um, <laughs> but this one was not a decent start. It was, it was DeYoung again. And he was decent again. Nothing outrageous, but we're just killed with the walks. So even DeYoung, even though he only gives up two runs in five innings and four hits, he walks four. Too many walks. Too many. Howard comes out and light, lays, just lights out, yeah. as he has been. But then Clay Holmes comes out, only gets one out, two hits, five runs, four walks. Absolute just fell apart. Could not throw a strike. They bring in Cahill, and I'm pretty sure he walks the first two guys he faces. <laughs> he ends up staying out there, but three walks, and it was brutal. Yeah. And it was like, you're, you're out of this game now. You're completely out of this game. It was a 2-2 two to two game, and they give up five runs in the seventh inning. And then you come back and get two more. But it's, it was, I guess it wasn't over. When you came back and you got two more, you're down three. You're thinking maybe. Yeah. But... But as a fan, you are done. You know what I mean? When you were just right. watching them walk a bunch of guys. Like, without that walked inning, it's a baseball game. Right. 11 walks in one game. And the Brewers walked nobody. Woodruff was good. Seven innings, two runs. Uh, we, we hit the ball out of the yard a couple times, but Gamble gets his first. Polanco hits his sixth. And then later, it was Hayes with the... Two run uh, homer. With a two-run homer in that eighth inning that kind of made you feel like, all right, maybe we're not done here. Mm-hmm. But once again, you get out of that top of that order, and it's it's we it's hard to string stuff together throughout that order. When you got, I mean, Newman's still hitting by 200. Perez was in in that game, 149. Tom's playing 143. Like, you just can't. Yeah. Can't do it. But anyway... This, the next uh, Saturday night was the same score, seven to four, and a little bit of the same thing. Chad Cool doesn't get out of the fourth inning. Five hits, 
Six runs, five of them earned. Uh, there was the error by Gonzalez. Uh, four walks, couple strikeouts. Clay Holmes comes in and gives up another run when he finishes the fourth. But and after that, the bullpen was fine. But it, it just goes. I mean, Frazier hits another double. <laughs> uh, Holmes gave up two of inherited runners too. Yeah, didn't he? yeah, I think so. Yeah, but they're. I mean, they're on base. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Cool goes three and a third and throws ninety three pitches. And after the game, he said yeah. that the ball was hard to that he threw a ton of balls out in that game. Yeah. And there was a comment made and, and, and Burns, you know, Burns went on that run at the beginning of the year where he didn't walk anybody and he struck out eight hundred thousand people without walking anyone. Whatever right. the number was. And he even walked three guys in this game and he was doing the same thing. He kept throwing baseballs out. Chad Cool said it was something about it was a bad batch of balls, right? Yeah, he said they were absolute pearls. They were like slippery almost. Like, yeah. He said, you get a new ball out and it's a little chalky. He said these weren't at all. They were super slippery. Yeah, they had a lot of talk about it on the game today. And they went over the, the sticky situations going on in MLB. We're going to talk about that. Not not tonight, not today. <laughs> but, <laughs> I mean, obviously this is something going on in baseball if you've not been around it's a sticky situation in baseball right now. Basically, there's a lot of pitchers using whatever they can find to get a better grip on the ball. And yeah. maybe for situations like that, they kind of said no, that it was a bad batch. But it probably started because of that. I mean, it was the whole 2019, the ball had less drag was the line, and pitchers were saying you couldn't grip it, you can't, the seams are small, whatever. We'll get into it. Uh, just not tonight. Um and then get into get into sun, uh, Sunday's game, today's game. Frazier, two more hits. Uh, by the way, still leading MLB in hits. Stallings hits the go-ahead homer in the sixth, and then they answer with three of their own, which watching that, uh, watching Will Crow go out there in the sixth inning, and he gets the walk, and then they pull him. And the last pitch he wanted, just a fastball low and in, Will Crow thought he got the corner or the bottom of the zone, whatever. When you look at the pitch track on it, it was close. He yeah. wanted the call. He didn't get it. He was mad about it. And then Bednar comes in and just get, he gives up a double. The run scores. Then he gives up a homer. And it's like, crap. You were in the game. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and Yelich hits another homer to make it even further away, but. The offense just doesn't put pressure on. Five hits by Milwaukee, they get five runs. We get ten hits, and we score two runs. Yeah. Ten guys left on base, one for seven runners in scoring position. I want to put this in comparison. The Brewers were one for six with runners in scoring position, but they only left one guy on. It's kind of weird. And I'm not yeah, saying I'm not saying one situation is, you know what I'm saying, Right. You're better to have guys on base and leave them there than not have guys on base at all. But they had five runs and we had two. And it right. comes back to the fact that the Pirates are dead last in home runs. And mm-hmm. when you're on first, you're not in scoring position. Right. And a lot of other teams, you are. Avi Sayo Garcia hits that home run. Well, I mean, there's a guy in scoring position, but he hits that home run and you get two runs out of it. Yep. Stallings home runs a solo shot. I don't know. I don't even know if that's relevant because we got more hits. We have more guys on base. I, I guess I don't, I mean, we only walked one guy in this game and it was that guy. That was the only walk. Like our bullpen didn't walk anybody. That was the only walk on Will Crow's day. Will Crow ends up going five innings, throwing 82 pitches. He gives up two hits, two runs, a walk because the, the, the first run and then that runner that was on. Mm-hmm. And then he he had eight strikeouts. This was the start that you and I have been talking about. Like, ah, oh, he was okay. No, he he was good today. Yeah. And he wanted that call. Like you could tell. That's one thing that we haven't seen from Mitch Keller this year is what you saw from Will Crow when he got pulled out of that game. He wanted that. Right. So we lose five to two. We go and six on the week. Seven straight losses after winning three straight to the Marlins. We dropped the one on last Sunday, so seven straight. So right before we get into Mitch Keller, another week full of moves. Mitch Keller was brought off of the the COVID list. So it turns out 
uh, it had nothing to do with the fact that he was pulled out with the heat illness thing. Or maybe it did. Whatever it was, there was a precautionary thing that they thought, hey, maybe. So they put him on the COVID list. They checked him out. Everything checked out. He came back. So it ended up being nothing. Yeah. Maybe it just gave him some time when you put the money on the COVID <laughs> list or something. Uh, but when they brought him back, it was that kind of thing. Well, okay, what what are you going to do? Philip Evans is coming back. Something has to happen. So it was like a, it was on the same day. Well, first off, Austin Davis was sent down. Mitch Keller came back. Philip Evans came back. And so this was where we said a decision had to be made. Right. And we thought it was going to be Kai Tom. Yeah. And it was Wilmer Defoe. Both of us thought it was. And it was Wilmer Defoe. And I was, I was a little bit upset about this because I thought this guy's actually getting hits when he comes in. Mm-hmm. pinch hits you know when he starts not so much i think he was hitting 240 something but as a pinch hitter he was right around 300 yeah i i couldn't figure this one out he was playing a little bit of left field playing a little bit you know what i mean so he had that versatility a little bit but do we even need it we got philip evans who can play left and right you got polanco you got reynolds and you still got gamble you've mm-hmm. got enough right in a pinch, you know, you know, Eric Gonzalez can go out there in the outfield. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. He's an athlete; he could play anywhere. Either way, before, because I don't have to go into it. So many days later, he he clears. He gets outright sent to Indianapolis. Nobody picked him up. He's playing for the Indians, so or for Indianapolis Indians, to clarify. So he stayed yeah. with the organization. Uh, also, Will Craig was outrighted. To Indianapolis, was not claimed off waivers. I think that comes as no surprise to anybody. But he also accepted and stayed with the organization. So we actually get to keep both of those guys. Which, the only one I... It's it's not even that I think Wilmer Defoe is a part of our future. You know what I mean? Right. I just yeah. thought he was a better option than Ka'ai Tom. Yeah. That's all. It is what it is. Uh, Luis Oviedo was put on the injured list uh, with a left quad strain. Cahill comes back, and then two days later, Cahill goes back on the IL with a left calf strain because his left calf kept him from throwing strikes. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Hartley comes back. This was all yesterday when Cahill was sent down. Hartley came back. Will Crow came back and started today's game, which we just talked about. And Mitch Keller was optioned to the Indianapolis Indians. It seems like a segue, but I do want to just note a couple things right first here. Adam Frazier still leads Major League Baseball in hits. He's tied with Nick Castellanos for the MLB lead in doubles with 23. Go vote for Adam Frazier for the All-Star game. Yeah. Just do it. It's super simple, too. Just go to Google. Just log on to Google on, on your web browser. Type in Adam Frazier. It pops right up. You it'll just click to vote. Brian Reynolds, type his name in, click to vote. It is a lot you simpler that way. You were telling me about this. I wasn't actually aware of it. I've been going through the app and doing like the whole deal and picking mm-hmm. every single position on stuff. But it really isn't that hard. You could just go to Google, like he's saying, and you could vote for just those two people and then just exit your browser and be done. And you can do that once a day. Yeah. So every day you could do that. Now, if you do it through MLB, you get like five votes a day. But it's like once you make your ballot, you just hit vote again, vote again, vote again, and then they say you're out of votes for today. But Adam Frazier's got to make it in the All-Star game. If we've got anything going for us this this year, (laughs) I mean, Key Brian Hayes still, but the fact that he was injured for all that time. If we've got anything consistently going for us today, this year, it's Adam Frazier. Whether that means... It's going for us because we actually get a return when we trade him or whether it means we get to watch him all year. Yeah. Like you, you were telling me before we, before we uh, started recording that they're, they're being picky right now. Like there's a high, Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they got a high ask. People are reaching out and they're, they're wanting a hefty return. As much yeah. as I feel like you should always get something for somebody who you're not going to keep around. Mm-hmm. You should always be trading a guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think he has next year, so that makes him a little more valuable that whoever gets him actually gets him for next year too. 
Yeah. And so I think that's the value, but you don't really have to. You could wait until next year. Right. But he's playing at his best level. It would be nice just to see him stick with the team, trade him in the winter. And yeah. I think that's why they they'll trade him this winter. You know what so I mean? You don't think that you don't think they're going to trade him for the deadline? I don't it not or if they're you, asking for a saying, lot. Or are you just saying if they don't trade him, they'll trade him in the winter? Yeah, I think so. I think they have to. Yeah. But I, I also think that if you can get a big return, I think that's why they're doing this. And this is the way I would play it too. Hey, we would have no problem playing him at second base all year. Right. We need it. Not even just to win games, but like who else are you going to put out there? You're going to bring Wilmer Defoe back up. Right. Eric Gonzalez is going to play it every day. You know what I mean? Like you may as well keep him there. Yeah. He's not going to hurt you. He's he's going to help guys like Key Brian Hayes see more pitches and things like that. Yeah. So he helps in that. I'd say you keep a hold of him, but you still listen. Because if somebody's oh, going to blow you away yeah. for a second base banjo hitter, a good one, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm letting him go if they're going to give me some something for him. Yeah. But I think that's why they're going to be picky with it. Hey, we have no problem letting him play for us all year. <laughs> and they'll probably, if they're not going to move him in the winter, then to me it's a gamble because if he doesn't, if he's not hot, then the trade deadline you get nothing for him. Yeah. And if you are saying, well, yeah, but we're okay just letting this go out and letting him walk to free agency. To me, that's just that's just bad. If, you, if you're going to let somebody yeah. go, get something for him. Unless you were trying to win. Yep. If you're not competing Agreed. for the postseason, he, you've got to get something back for him. You're a small market. You have to trade players to get players. Yeah, you have to do it. I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm also somebody who wanted Andrew McCutcheon to play for a pirate for life. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Never wanted to see him go. I like that sort of thing. But uh, the pirates can't operate that way. No, they can't, and it's foolish to think that they can. They have to trade these guys in order to to still compete. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Colin Moran left today's game with lower back pain. That stinks. That was the last thing yeah, I had on stings, just like yeah. regular news is he, there was a base hit the right field by Gamble, and he doesn't score, and instead he pulls up the third holding his back, and it was like, ugh. Now he ended up scoring on a ground out, but Yeah. Yeah, it's it's tough. And then every team is going to deal with injuries. Like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have to. It's fine. Right. But when you have, like, you know, four players on your team, it sucks when three of them are injured at once. Yep. Philip Evans, uh, four players. Uh, Philip Evans is not in that list. He, he could make five, you know what I mean, if he was if he was as solid as he was earlier. I'm talking Frazier, Hayes, right. Reynolds, and and Moran. Those are your four players. Offensive players, you know. Yeah. By the way, I'm pretty sure Jacob Stallings he just a fifth home run today, and I'm pretty sure I told you he'd never hit five. <laughs> <laughs> so kudos to to Jacob Stallings for proving me wrong. Mitch Keller. Before we get into the Keller situation, I do want to. Throw it's like this we're putting it off. It's like we're putting. I it know, off. I know, but it was just something you said, and I was just like, eh. Okay, so the left calf strain at Cahill, it 100% could do deal, could cause him to throw more balls. That's his land foot. That's his landing leg. Yeah. And if your landing leg isn't strong as a, as a pitcher, especially at their level, it will affect your, your load, your, your location. But calf. Yeah. I would think, I, I would think like hamstring. I'm in there. Hip, I'm in there. Even quad, I'm in there. But like lower leg, I would think that would have more to do with your drive leg. Which would at least give me that. Is it worse on your drive leg than your than your land Anything leg? Anything on your drive leg is worse. Yeah, okay, hundred okay. percent. But if you have any bit of uncomfortability when that front foot hits the ground, it throws your whole mechanics off. Uncomfortability. Listen, I'm not an English major. I'm I'm just, you know, doing a podcast for fun here. It's all good. I like I, uncomfort- I promise you I, I promise you I went to college, but you know. 
I like uncomfortability. But, but no, like if you if if you're not comfortable landing on that front leg on your front side, yeah, it it'll throw your arm out of out of uh, timing. You're gonna be off timing with your arm, which means you, you're gonna pull the ball. You're gonna leave it up. I'm not advocating for Trevor Cahill. No, I'm just I get it. No, that's it a good actually, call out. It actually does. It it will affect your. Yeah, that's location. a good call out. That's a good call out. I wasn't a pitcher, so. That is good. That's and fine. it was, I forgot I even said that, but yeah, you're right. So now it hasn't been very many days since Derek Shelton said the exact words, we're not going to send him down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was on the, the night that he pitched, uh, the athletic Steven Nesbitt had an article out where he was talking to everybody. And basically they said, uh, first off, there was, there's, I mean, we've talked about it. I just said something about it earlier about Will Crow wanting it, right? Yeah. Uh, but Keller said, like, I'm probably the most ticked off guy in the locker room. And I know that a lot of people act like he looks like it doesn't bother him, but he's saying, no, no, no. No, it, it bothers. Mm hmm. Uh, but I mean, Shelton made some, made some comments about, it being part of the maturation process for him and and things like that. Um, the article just basically breaks down all of his fastball command issues, all basically all the things that have happened this year and how it's been it's been rough. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And Sherrington had quotes in there and talking about it's important for Mitch that uh, that he continues to pitch. We're encouraged and happy with his effort. Um, there's more improvement that has to happen, and he knows that. We know that. And so, you know, they just made all their statements about all of those things. But basically, they compared this to Tyler Glasnow, like we have and like everyone else has. And, you know, it's it's a tough scenario. I, I, I got a text from a buddy of mine who said, they need to try him out in the bullpen or something. And I'm like, well, I don't think fastball command is going to play in the bullpen either. It's not going to matter whether you're starting or not. If you can't throw your fastball for strikes, you're not, you know, and then right. his his off-speed stuff was fine. He gets to 3-2 counts. He's throwing off-speed. He's throwing breaking balls because he can't trust the fastball. Right. Uh, you got you, you to gotta do something to figure that out because if you can't trust your fastball. Right. So Nesbitt finishes struggle. the article with, at this point, the Pirates are a future focused franchise and they've for many reasons they aren't giving up on Keller like they did glass now and that's a long-term decision yeah the statement was he'll get the baseball every five days and try to take a small step forward even if it ends with another long slow walk to the dugout they basically have just kept saying no we're not sending him to the bullpen we're not sending to the minors. <laughs> and I was looking for, and I'm reading through it right now as we're trying to talk about it. I was looking for where they actually said that. I don't see that. It must have been uh, a series of tweets that kind of surrounded this article where they basically said they weren't sending them down. And then they ended up sending them down. All that to say, they ended up optioning him to AAA. Yeah. It's a tough call because... We've all, I mean, we've seen that he dominates AAA. Is that... Now, tell me this, though. If fastball command is an actual issue, and it's a physical issue, do you have a problem with them saying, all right, we're going to send him to AAA, fix the physical issue. Once it's fixed, we'll bring you back up and you can keep, you can keep grinding. Versus... There's something in his head, which is what all the rest of us are thinking. Like, he's got the stuff, and if it's in his head, and he goes back to AAA and he dominates, two questions I have. First off, does that even help if it if he is just going to come back and have the same problem? Or does it help because it gives him confidence? So I guess it's like a couple different things. Is the confidence enough or does he not even get confident and he says, yeah, I've done this. I need to pitch against those guys. I know there was a there was a time when I was uh, coming up in high school and I said, no, 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 no. Like, I need to face these guys to get better. 
Yeah. If I go face another team that's not good or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that I'm not going to get better. I want to face the top guys. I know right. I can hit this guy. I don't know I can hit this guy. I need to hit this guy. So is, is there is there part of that or or is this maybe hey, this is probably a physical thing. I don't know if it's mechanics or release point or whatever it is where you can actually fix fastball command. I'm I'm going to I'm going to say it's a little bit of both. Um I I would say for sure fastball command is a physical issue. Um you, there are slight, maybe they're saying, okay, we want to tweak this part of your delivery, this aspect of your delivery. If you're going to work on something, you're going to work on it. Trip Y. You have options left. Let's go down there. Let's figure this out. Let's see what's going to work for you. Could be something as simple as a little bit more rotation when you bring your leg up. We're going to like almost like remember Kevin Brown would turn his back to the hitter or Steven Brault moved over on the rubber, like something like that. Over. Um, typically if it's as minor as moving over on the rubber, I would think he'd be able to make that adjustment at the level he's at. Do you, do you think it's fair to say they've already tried some of these things? Yeah, maybe. And now they're just saying we need to go back to the drum board. So Derek Shelton's quote was, Mitch Keller is going to be a very good, or uh, is going to be a good major league pitcher. When young players, young pitchers have struggles, it's our job to come up with a program and a plan to help them get back to this level and be successful at this level. That's what Mm -hmm. we're doing with Mitch. Dude, part of me says we're not trying to win anyway. Not that we're trying to lose. I I never think that we're trying to lose. What right. I mean by not trying to win is at the end of the year, are we in the postseason? So as a whole, like we're still trying to win games. And if, yeah, and if you're a fan that thinks that the Pirates are throwing games for draft picks, it's not happening. No. It's not happening, period. And I don't even think that Sherrington is is trying to lose. No. I don't think that he's sending Defoe down instead of Tom so that we'll lose more games. That's not in the cards. Not an option in Major League Baseball. The draft pick is not that impactful in baseball to to tank for a draft pick. No, there's so many. There's so many stories and of guys getting picked in seventh round of the Major League draft, and they're studs. Like they end up having a great career. There's guys who get drafted number one that never make it to the bigs. Yeah, it's. It's it's the the baseball draft is so much different. It is. And that's why we've seen how many mock drafts coming up for this year where the Pirates have drafted two different high school shortstops, a college catcher and two high and two college pitchers. Yeah. You know what I mean? You could see I think it's Mayer, Lawler, Davis, Rocker or Leiter. Any of those five would not be a shock to go one overall. And no. to be honest with you, the other they're, they might not even be one through five because there could be a need of another team that says, well, we're not going to draft this guy. We've got another guy in mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe they're saying, I don't want to draft a college guy. No, my window is longer than that. I don't need a guy in the next two years. I need a guy in the next five. Then you would you would go towards maybe a higher ceiling high school guy. But if you need somebody sooner, then you might say, no, 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 we have to draft college because we need this guy to make an impact. Yeah. You know, as soon as possible. Whatever. Point is, you're not throwing games in Major League Baseball for a draft pick because it's not worth it. Right. It's, it's really not worth it. Anyway, when you're, when you're a team who's not trying to go to the postseason this year, or that just maybe, I mean, realistically don't have a chance. Right. Then some, part of me says, let him play through this. He's 25. He's not old, but he's also not young. And he's been there enough for me to say, work it out. The problem is, when he goes to AAA, we're going to be the only people talking about him. And by by we, I mean Pirates fans. Right. We're going to see his number, but nobody else is going to have to see what Mitch Keller's doing. Yeah. And if he can work it out, like I said, you're investing. If you're Sherrington, and even Shelton, but mostly in this case, when you're talking about the full organization, and Ben Sherrington's supposed to be good at development, then let's send him down and get things right. 
if yeah. you think that he's going to be a one, two, three. I mean, this is a guy who we thought was going to be an ace. Mm-hmm. So if he's going to be anything even close to that, he's got to get it right. Yeah. And I guess maybe you just don't get it right at this level. There's too much scrutiny. Yeah. You know, he'll be able to go down and even, even being said that been here, I've done this, I've gotten these guys out. I need to get those guys out. There's still something to getting guys out period. Well, and there's also something to throw in strikes. Yeah. So that to me is the biggest part of it. Like, yeah, yeah that's fine to say, I can get guys out. And, and I'm asking these questions, um, uh, you know, almost not rhetorical, but like, so that we can have these conversations, but yeah, I'm all in on, I think the confidence does go somewhere to help him out Yeah, because we continue to see that it looks like there's a lack of confidence. So if you know, you can get the triple a hitters out, then get him back into a groove of feeling like that. Yeah. Of that, of the idea in your head where you say, I know I can get these guys out and then you go get them out. And then you say, this is, this is me now. Yeah. Where if he is not taking the mound with the idea that he's going to demolish the other team, then there's also that there's, there's also that too, where I know I can get these guys out with pitch B, but pitch B wasn't working up there. So now when I come back down, I'm pitch C is what is going to get those guys out. Need to come down here and figure it out. Well, am I may is that making sense to you here? So like, you're saying if this pitch isn't enough, which I don't think that is necessarily the case in his. I can see what you're saying. Pitch C, you know, his third pitch needs to be better. Not not even necessarily that. So I guess I just used B for whatever reason and C, but like I can get him out. I can get these guys out by throwing two inches out of the zone. I can get this guy by throwing three inches up above the zone. Guys up there aren't swinging at these pitches outside the zone. I see. Therefore, I'm throwing more balls. I'm walking more guys. They're sitting and, off speed because they know that's what you throw for a strike. Right. So they're picking what pitch they're swinging at. Yeah. Stuff like that. I see what you're saying. Not not like actually my curveball versus my fastball. Right. Okay. Right. It could be... Pitch in, in the instance I used, pitch B could be the fastball low and away. I'm getting these guys out. And pitch C could be, no, I need to use that fastball going up in the majors and the bigs. It was, that's the one they're, they're swinging at. But yeah. I got I to gotta be able to hit it. I need to be able to hit that spot. Right. And I'm missing. I'm missing. I'm throwing it right down the middle and they're crushing it. I wonder if that's part of it too, because the game in the last few years has switched yeah. where sinker balls were everything back in, you know, 16, 17, even as far as that. Yeah. But then all of a sudden the shift started happening to where they're hitting sinker balls now, and it's almost mm-hmm. dead. You're not getting ground balls. They're making sure of it. So now you're back to throwing up in the zone because they can't get up to it because they're swinging from their hip. Like that's right. an exaggeration, but Domingo Ayala, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, you know, the 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 launch angle, instead of just hitting the ball at the launch angle, they're changing their swing to hit their ball at launch angle, and now they can't hit anything at the top of the zone. Right. And then everybody's saying, well, we need to lower the top of the zone then. Well, no, you got no. I mean, <laughs> change the hitter. Tell the hitters to change. Quick, right. Don't take the shift away. Tell the hitters to go opposite field. Right. Whatever. That's another discussion. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think this is probably the right thing to do. I mean, I it has to be. We can't continue to watch him do this. No. And I think that's the thing for me. We can't continue to see this happen. So we'll keep an eye on Mitch Keller, but I think as a Pirate fan, it's better uh, out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Let's let him work on his thing where we're not paying attention. Well, we will be. We but. will be, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, you could look at, I, I, I won't be dissecting every start. You know what I mean? Right. I'm yeah. going to look at it from, you know, 30,000 feet in the air and say, what's his box? Oh, I still throw more balls. Then move on. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to watch it. It was different. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
we're going to keep our sights on him. I still think he's a part of it. I do too. Now, I reserve the right to be wrong. They're humans. He may not work this out, and it might just be another one of those crappy things that happens. But all right, man. Good luck, Mitch. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Upcoming week here, we've got six games slated for this week. Let's hope for better. It'll be three in D.C. against the Nationals. We get Thursday off. And then three in Pittsburgh. First fireworks night. Everybody's pumped about that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, But it's three against Cleveland. So uh, mostly evenings. Uh, Wednesday's game's a 4 o'clock game. Saturday's a 4 o'clock. And obviously Sunday's a day game. Take your dad out to the ballpark. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's Father's Day. Father's Day. Sunday Go the 20th. See the Indians. As far as Washington, they're in dead last in their division, um, which is still better than us. Uh, 27 and 35. We're 23 and 41. So not bad. I mean, like, we could compete against Washington. Yeah. We'll see a couple old friends. Yeah. Josh Bell and Jordy Mercer. And Josh Harrison. Yeah, Josh Harrison, Josh Bell, Jordy Mercer. They're all there. And an old foe, Kyle Schwarber. Mm-hmm. He's there too. Probables for the Washington series anyway. We can talk about that. Brew Baker's going tomorrow night against Lester. I guess tonight. This will release on Monday. So Brew Baker, Lester. Uh, then we got Anderson versus Corbin. Uh, by the way, Lester's 0-2. Corbin's 3-6. and 3-5. and Anderson's 3-6. and uh, I don't know who's throwing for, for Washington on Wednesday, but we got Chase the Young throwing. So I'm starting to believe that our starters don't matter anymore. We just need to hit. Yeah. But we could get two good starts. Really, we could get three good starts against Washington, really. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure a lot of those guys will be excited to see Josh Bell again. Yeah. Josh Harrison. Be, Josh Harrison I'd and Mercer, I'm not sure. Pitch against, I'd be excited to pitch against Josh Bell right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's not doing well over there. Yeah, uh, I think he has eight home runs. Uh, yep, eight home runs. So there you go. Yeah, more power from Brian Reynolds right now than John yep. Bell. How you like me now? <laughs> uh, you know, but to say the Washington Nationals are, we we talked about us being dead last in home runs. We have forty six home runs on the year. The Nationals are 26th with 61. So, I mean, they're not hitting home runs either. I mean, that's a huge difference. The Blue Jays have 99 home runs, okay? It's ridiculous. Yeah. And we have 46. That's 1 to 30. Nuts. But the Nationals aren't hitting a ton of home runs either. Uh, They're hitting more than us, but they're not hitting a ton. So, hopefully, that's a good sign. Stay in some ball games. Maybe win a game or two. Yeah. And then Cleveland comes to town, and uh, I mean that's going to be a tough series. They they just yeah. pitch so well. They're a good team. They're in second place right now in their division, so they're they're playing hard. Uh, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's all we have for this week. Hey guys, remember uh, we we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. Bridge to October. Twitter is Bridge the number two October. Hit us up on there and and let us know what you want us to talk about. If there's something that we're not covering that you want to hear about, uh, hear our take. But also, what, any of our posts, we don't post a lot, but we do. Uh, probably Twitter's more active, but even on Facebook, when we say that the episode's up, comment on it. So, yeah. You know, we mean for this to be sort of a discussion. We want to talk about it. We want to talk about the games. We're, we're nobody special. We're not sitting in the press box. We're watching from home, too. You know what yeah. I mean? So... Uh, we have our frustrations. We like to try to stay positive. We like to try to stay with, uh, keep in mind what's going on and trust the process. Mm -hmm. So if you don't trust it or if you do, we'd like to hear from you guys. Let's go Bucks. Let's go Bucks.